0: Come in and give the Lord one more hand up, please. You may be seated. If You could look at your notes. You will see that we are going to continue a pastor's series on living with purpose. And so the title for today's message is, What in the World Happened to You? Come on, say, What in the World Happened to You? Say it again. What in the world, in the world happened, to happened to you? And when I heard this, this title, the first thing I thought of was a, um, the, the Diane title that I would tag to it would be the title, Who Did It? Who Did It? And what made me think of Who Did It is, is that when Christina was little, she actually had one of those... Um, kitchens with uh, and it had a stove and a little portable a little uh, child's microwave It's one of those Fisher-Price kind of toys and had a couple of chairs and every now and then she would make her her brother Come sit in the chair while she made some play play food and all those various things that little girls tend to do But Christina also had a habit of blaming people for various things that happened to her So she would tend to blame whoever was the closest to her. So one day, she decided instead of sitting in her chair, she was going to stand on top of her chair. And so while she was standing on her chair, for what reason, I don't know, there was nothing to reach, and it only gave her like like eight inches up. But to her, it it was very high. She chose to stand up on top of the chair. And of course, she lost her balance. When she lost her balance, me being a wonderful mom, hallelujah, you know, in the mom book. It's like, save the child. So I'm rushing to grab her to catch her before she hit the floor. And of course, I did not make it. So she hit the floor, starts to cry, and then her dad comes in and says, what happened, baby? And she said, I fell down. And, and he said, well, how did it happen? Who did it? And she pointed at me. She did it. Mama pushed me. I. She did. I said, Christina, I did not push you. You fell down because you were standing up on a chair that you shouldn't have been standing up on anyway. But you stood up on the chair and you fell down. No, I saw you, you didn't, and you pushed me. And she was absolutely, you know how they can have those little girls, they really, we we are born with drama. Men don't, don't listen. We're born with a little bit of extra drama. That's our anointing. Hallelujah. And so. <laughs> So she's just like, you pushed me and I saw you, and oh, she didn't even want to speak to me for the day. And so I thought of her story on who did it. You know, we t- look at babies and say, who did it? And whoever is nearest there say, you, you did it. or the chair did it, or the bookshelf did it, you know? And so when, you th- when I think in the terms of what in the world happened to you, we never tend to think of what did I do to myself, but we tend to think, Who did it? Who did something to me? So our question for today is, how much of your circumstance is created by God? And how much was created by you? How much of your circumstance that you are living in today were created by God? And how much of it was created by you? Now, God has created some magnificent things. And I'm going to share some of those magnificent things in a moment. But I want, first of all, let's think about the things that were created by man. Man is extremely intelligent, and he has created some things that are just beyond my ability to comprehend at times. Those of you who know me know that I love going on cruises, it's something that I've only been exposed to for the past less than 10 years, but now I'm just hooked where I always want to go on a cruise. Well, man has created the largest cruise boat to date. to date, And that boat is called the Allure. It's one of the boats that's a part of the Royal Caribbean uh, fleet of boats. Well, what makes this boat so unbelievable is not only is it the largest cruise boat, but it has the ability to take care of over 5,000 passengers. And that's with only two people in a room, so it could actually go over 6,000 passengers, not including over 2,000 staff, can be on that cruise boat having a wonderful time all created and designed, designed by man, built by man, totally created by man. There is a bridge in Louisiana that used to be the longest bridge over water, but now I think there's one in China that's a a little bit longer, but this is the longest bridge over water in the United States. And this bridge is called Lake Pontchartrain Causeway. And it spans uh, 23, over 23 miles over water alone. I can't even imagine it. I'm I'm amazed by the bridge that crosses the, the Savannah River and to imagine a bridge that travels for 23 plus miles all designed and created by man. There is a wall in China Called the Great Wall of China, the Great Wall of China spans over thirteen thousand miles, all created and built by man. There is a, there are pyramids in Egypt, and I, I tell you, um, I had the opportunity of seeing. Um, Chichen Itza in, in Mexico which is a form of, of pyramid in Mexico and it's just amazing to me what how, how that could even possibly be built but here in Egypt in Cairo Egypt you have the, uh, the, the great pyramid of Giza and it is spans if you could consider our equivalent today it would be as tall as a 50-story building or taller built by man centuries ago. And then there's a place that I did have the, the option of seeing, the opportunity of seeing, and it is Christ's Redeemer this over Rio in Brazil. Christ's Redeemer is a statue that was given as a gift to the country of Brazil, and the pedestal itself that Christ the Redeemer statue rests on is 26 feet by itself. While the statue, I think, is 78, I'm trying to get my eyes to zoom out. No, it's 98 feet tall is the statue. So you have the pedestal, you have the statue that's 98 feet tall, and then this statue is actually resting on a mountain. That statue and pedestal was all created by man. It's amazing to me that not only how a man created a statue that tall, but how in the world did you mount that thing with it being that tall, that large and on top of a mountain. Amazing the things that man is able to do. Thank God for the things that man is able to do. But let's look at the things that God can do. God created the oceans upon which the allure sails. God created Lake Pontchartrain on which the bridge crosses. God created the beautiful mountains upon which the walls of China travel and also the mountain upon which Christ's Redeemer stands. God even created the simple principle, a principle by which rainbows can be seen where you just have all you need is just tiny droplets of water, and when sunlight shines through that droplet of water in just the right angle, in just the right position, you will see all the colors of the spectrum which makes a rainbow. All designed by God. Man can try to duplicate the concept, but it's naturally made and created by God. So, the question today, in your circumstances. How much of your circumstances today, considering the God we serve, how much of your circumstance today is created by God and how much was created by you? Our verses today is from Galatians 6, 7 and 9. Galatians 6, 7 and 9 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That is the NIV version. Now sometimes I like reading the message version because it's like talking to your buddy or you listen to your grandma. It says in the message version, it says, don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. Harvests a crop of what? Of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is what? Weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. If we don't give up or do what? Quit. Okay, so today I want to share with you just three life lessons, three things that will help you see who did it when you're thinking of all the things that's going on in your life and various things that you've experienced in your life, sometimes you want to wonder why and how, and I don't want it to happen again, or I do want it to happen again. So life lessons that will help you see who did it. The very first life lesson that we can, we see in Galatians says, it says that man can be tricked. It shows us that man can be tricked, but God cannot be tricked. Man can be tricked, but God can't be tricked. Don't believe everything you see, hear, or think. For some reason, we have this concept where we just think, okay, if it's in social media, it must be true. If it's on the news, it must be true. If my friend told me, it must be true. If it's in the newspaper, it must be true. But no, understand the principle that you see in Galatians states states that man can be tricked. You cannot believe everything you see, hear, read. I remember when um, uh, during a season, Pastor did a lot of speaking in uh, in the UK, and um, and for those who've never uh, never been to Europe, Europe is 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 just all of the uh, countries in Europe are actually absolutely beautiful. But traveling from country to country is easy. It's just like traveling from Georgia to North Carolina. You know, say I went to Virginia. I went to Tennessee, that kind of thing. So while we were in uh, London, we decided that we were going to spend a couple of days and go to France. So it was a, I don't even, I think it was less than two hours flight just to go to Paris. So we hung there for a couple of days, just having fun and seeing some of the sights that I've always seen in my history book. Well, while walking down the street, I I saw, um, looked like a lady and a child, and they were to the side just begging. Now, I've, I've, I've always been the soft touch in the family. My my husband being raised in LA, he he's accustomed to it, so it's like, don't fall for it. Even in LA, I used to, they'll be outside the drugstore, you know, begging, and it's like, I'm going in my purse, you know, trying to find some money. It's like, Diane, don't do that. And it's like, what, I can give him a quarter? He says, only asking for a quarter. Diane, what they will do is while you're getting your purse to get a quarter, they will take everything in your purse. And it's like, no, they wouldn't do that. Diane, yes, they would. So trying to get my brain to shift from, you know, happy little southerner to, you know, just the, the crime waves that happen in some cities has just been a challenge for me. And so I'm looking, I'm walking, we're walking down the street and, we, and I can spot the lady and the child and the child just gives me the pitiful eyes. You know what the pitiful eyes look like? <laughs> and, and I mean, I could see and she, and that child knew she had me had my heart, and I mean, we didn't even get to them close enough for them to say, you know, just shake the little cup with the coins. That little child looked at me and was just draped in this little scarf, and they were all huddled like, it wasn't cold outside, but they were huddled like it was cold. And just like, And I thought, oh, I'm I'm gonna give, I got to at least give him a dollar, I got to give him a quarter or something. And my husband like, Diane, don't do it, don't do it. I said, but I had to, Diane, don't do it. So we're actually walking down the street and I'm like, oh, the child just had me. I'm going like, Diane, don't do it. So, I mean, we have intense fellowship right now going on silently, you know, passing this family. And it's like, the end. And so I just kept walking and oh, my heart just broke because it was like, my quarter could have just at least got the baby a sandwich. You know, I'm just feeling. And then after we passed them, and I just took a quick glance back at the little child that I had just denied. And that child was actually a grown person. (laughs) That, that grown person took that scarf off their head and looked at me like, no, she didn't. It was like, I said, Rick, that was a grown person. He said, that's why I told you don't do it, don't do it. Man can be tricked. Man can be tricked, but God cannot. God cannot be tricked because God is omniscient. He is all knowing. He knew that was a grown person all all draped up and probably living in in nicely. You know, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. And God is omnipotent. He is all powerful. So lesson one that we see in this in these series of verses is that man can be tricked, but God cannot. The second life lesson shows that God created a principle of sowing and reaping. Just like he created the principle by which we see rainbows, he created the principle that says what you sow is what you reap. And we see in those verses that sowing to please the flesh will reap destruction. That's in verse 8. That's ignoring God and others. And sowing to please the spirit will reap eternal life. That's having a response to God. Sowing means to take a seed and to scatter that seed along the ground for growing. While reaping means to cut or gather a crop for harvest. So some examples, some practical examples of the sowing and reaping principle that was created by our Heavenly Father is if you have an apple seed, you plant the apple seed, take care of it, will grow to be a tree, and eventually have apples. Those of you remember when you were in school, you would have the little lima bean. You put the lima bean on a sponge, on a paper towel with some water. Let the roots come down, and then you plant it, and eventually you have a plant that will give you pods, and you will end up having lima beans. Per uh, uh, a principle created by God of sowing and reaping, if you sow healthy body, where you're taking good care of your of yourself to the best of your ability that's healthy diet exercise all those various things you will have better health results just think about what your doctor says every time he goes to the doctor he's asking you are you exercising are you taking your medicine are you drinking water all those basic things it's a part of the sowing and reaping principle actually designed by God not by your doctor to to give you a result a healthier result and even sowing a giving spirit, you will reap a harvest of increase. And there's a verse that I love so much and I use it quite a bit because it was actually one of my mom's favorite verses and it's from Luke 6, 38. It says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. A principle of giving designed by God. And understand that he says, as you give, it will be given unto you. We tend to think as soon as I get it, then I can give. But that's contrary to the principle that God established for sowing and reaping. It says you have to give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But the other part says in the same measure in which you give will be measured back to you. Now, those who are a little bit old school, remember they used to have this, this, uh, and they still have them, but I don't think anybody paying attention to them. They used to have these little metal thimbles, and the thimble was used when you were sewing. You put the thimble on your finger so that you would not prick your finger while sewing. Well, something my mom used to always say, that if what you sewed only fit into a little thimble, and just imagine something being very, very tiny. It's, it's a little smaller than even the communion cups that we have. So that's for those who don't know what a thimble is, you know, about the size of our communion cup. If you sow something that only fills into the size of communion cup, that is what you will get back. What you sow is what you reap. If you sow an apple, you get apples. You don't sow apples and get lima beans. So if you sow enough that fit into a thimble, you will get a thimble's worth back. So that's why you have to think in terms of if you sow a barrel full of whatever it is, whether it's bountiful love or bountiful forgiveness or or bountiful positive words into the life of a person, that is what you get back. But if you get, thank you, you know, it's like I said, thank you so very much for what you've just done. It meant a lot to me. That's giving a barrel of thanks. Why are you like, thank you? One of those kind of things. That is a thimble. And so you sow a thimble, you're gonna get a thimble back. A principle of sowing and reaping that was designed by God. So we see life lesson number one, man can be tricked, but God can not be tricked. We see life lesson number two. God created a principle of sowing and reaping that is still active today. And it's amazing. The principle of sowing and reaping does not just apply for those who are believers. It is a principle that he established. Notice it's not just save people who see rainbows. Everyone will see rainbows because it's a principle established by God. Okay, so life lesson number three. It says don't become weary in doing good. God understood that you will tend to be discouraged while doing good. You will get tired while doing good. You will get impatient. But he said in the midst of all of those emotional roller coasters that you go through in life, he said, don't give up. What did he tell us to do? Don't give up. Because he knows our tendency is if we have one little obstacle or one little bridge or one little hurdle, then we want to give up. And even if we make it past the first hurdle, don't give us five hurdles. It's like, God, I, okay, one more time. And after this, I'm, I'm going back to where it was. You know, he said, don't give up. Understand in, in life lesson number three, reaping a harvest requires work. There is some idea that people have that when I receive a harvest or when God is blessing me, it's going to just rain down on my head just like rain. I walk out in the rain and it's just going to fall on me. But understand, even to get rain, you have to have a means by which to collect it. Even if you have to have a bucket to collect the rain, you you have to do some kind of work in order to receive your harvest. If you have a harvest that is this beautiful apple tree, if you don't have, if you don't pull the apples from the tree and place it in a barrel or a bucket or put it in your pocket or something, understand all that will happen is that harvest that God had for you will fall to the ground and rot. For some of you, God has a harvest for you, but you have not made preparations to collect the harvest. There are simple things, not only in, in sowing financially and, and various just seed basic seeds and, and growing plants and receiving a harvest like that. There are even a harvest of just giving of time and love and encouraging words. One of the things that I've always done even since I was a, a teenager is I've always had a passion for little kids. When you all of you have seen me, I may totally ignore you, but if you have a child, I'm gonna say, hey, how's he going get hugs you know some of them if I've known them for a long for a long time they know I have to kiss them on the right cheek and on the left cheek and so they're ready they just come like because I've been doing it for such a long time well I understand that's something I've been doing since I was a teen because even in my I came out of a, a Baptist church one of the Baptist churches here in Savannah and I taught Sunday school and I taught the kids gospel choir and so I've always had a passion for kids and was always just hugging them. But it dawned on me the other day that after, even though I have been sowing the seed of hugs and kisses into the lives of kids just for years. We are talking, I think I may have started teacher Sunday school when I was 16 years old so for years i'm sowing hugs and kisses and encouraging words like, you can do it oh you look so cute today oh show me your shoes you know all those various things i've said to them for years and it's like when i was thinking in terms of being able to receive a harvest it's like "Diane, you've gotten that same harvest back and, it, and i thought in the form of one of the ladies who attend this church knew me when i was a little girl and one of the things that she tends to do is she will come to me, now the rest of y'all can't do it because I'm older than y'all, so don't want to try it. But she has the right to do it. And she will say, well, hi baby, how are you today? And when she says that, it's like, I just want to say, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, I want to say, I had a rough day and the saint looked at me and said they don't like me. It's like, no, I, I don't roll like that. But <laughs> I just say, well, I just, well, I'm feeling great how are you and she will give me a hug and a kiss and it dawned on me it's like diane you have sown into the lives of kids all this love and embrace and a hug and a kiss and you and god has blessed you where you have an individual in the house who does the same but you have to stop long enough to receive it with her i will stop i could have my brain on everything in america But when it comes to her, it's like she will make sure I stop and receive the harvest that I've sown over the years. So you have to uh, not only don't be weary, but you have to understand that receiving a harvest requires some work on your part. You can't just think it's going to just rain down on your head and all is well. And the key to a good harvest is proper care and time. Most plants requires sunlight, water, soil. Your body, in order to get a harvest, your body in order to get a harvest requires water, rest, nourishment. You need something to breathe, oxygen to breathe in order for you to get a harvest from your body. In order to get a harvest from your kids, you need to give them time, care, encouraging words. For some of us, we have to give them, in order to receive a harvest from our kids, we need to give them consistency where sometimes we're doing one thing on Monday, but we're changed on Tuesday, then we come back on Wednesday. In order to get a proper harvest, you have to be consistent. Give it proper care and time. So in conclusion, if you're wondering how much of your circumstance today is created by God and how much was created by you, according to Galatians 6 and 8, You need to look back at the seeds you've sown in your past. If you wanna know, is this what I'm going through? Is this God? Is this God who's taking me through all these hurdles and obstacles and challenges? Is it God the reason why this door has not opened up for me? You look at the seeds of your past according to Galatians 6 and 8. For some, some of your circumstances today are due to seeds sown by you. You sowed the seed, you didn't pay attention in class and never could get a handle on algebra, and so now you have a hard time getting into a college of choice or or maybe that job that you prefer to have. You, You sowed a seed where it's like it is not important. So this is the harvest that you have today. For some, the circumstance you have today is a seed sown by your family. Some families had this thing where it's like, boy i know one thing you you smoke joints if you want to but you're not coming in my house with that as for me in my house we were serving lord so he knew in order to have a place to place his head on a pillow he had to get deliverance from that because he couldn't stay in the street all the time what your circumstance is based upon sometimes your family it's not something that you did yourself but sometimes it happened generations past Something my mom used to always say is, in the name of Jesus, we are breaking the generational curses of our past. And a lot of it I didn't quite understand. But as I got older, I started seeing various things that would try to come upon me and my siblings that my mom said, oh, no, 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 no. You know, even if we fail a little bit, she said, oh, no, that generational curse is gone right now in the name of Jesus. And so she would, I mean, even if we wanted to act crazy, it was like, you better pretend long enough while you stand in front of mom. That's what she sowed into us. But then I noticed that a lot of those things that came generations before me that I was too terrified to do because I didn't want my mom to kill me. You know, it was it tried to come around me and then attack my children. So sometimes the circumstances in life are not necessarily something you did, but it's a part of your family history. So you have to even, when it comes to your circumstances and issues in life today, you have to say, what is that? Is that a seed? Is that something that, that my circumstances may be due to my family? And so you have to make the necessary adjustments to fix it. So some circumstances are due to seeds sown by you, some sown by your family. Some circumstances are due to seeds sown by the company that you keep. Pastor always says you can judge a person by their friends. Decisions that you make when it comes to your friendships. Some friendships need to be ended. The decisions that we've made, our love choices, can totally alter your life circumstances. I've seen some wonderful pastors, just being honest with you, one of the things that I've seen in, in being a, a pastor's wife and traveling with my husband is that I have an opportunity to see backstage. I, you, all of you see everything that's on stage. It's like, hallelujah praise be to god oh we just love the people we love the people you know all this you know real super holy and all of that and just sitting there so meek and quiet but then backstage it's like i can't stand him if i hear him preach another sermon i am just gonna scream and i'm tired of the people and i'm tired you know it's like all these things that i've i've heard and it's like oh my God, I don't receive that seed. And some of them, I would actually come after Pastor and I would finish our gathering. And he'd say, well, Diane wasn't at a wonderful event. I said, well, maybe the brothers, all the preachers were wonderful, but them Pastor Wives were crazy. <laughs> He's like, Diane, don't ask. I said, Rick, I'm telling you. So I'm telling you now, I will not be fellowshipping with her and I will not be fellowshipping with her. <laughs> And he said, you have to show yourself friendly. I'm willing to show myself friendly, but she crazy and she crazy. And you wouldn't believe what they said in the back room with the muffins and the and the tea, and the, they were sipping tea. You would not believe, I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna have that up in, in my business. It's like, oh no, 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 Diane is not gonna be infected by that. Sometimes you understand, God shows you that the company that you keep is causing you not to go forward, but to go backward. Yeah. The company you keep is causing you to make decisions contrary to the word of God. If you're wondering, are they talking you into doing things contrary to the word? That's the wrong company. Be by yourself. Be by yourself and be happy and be in the will of God. So here, some of your circumstances today are due to the seeds sown by the company you allowed in your life. Some of your circumstances today are due to God's grace and mercy. For some, it's like I am only here today alive and well because of God's grace and mercy. And Titus 3 and 3, at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved. I don't know about you, but how many, if you say some of that was your testimony from your past, say Amen. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. I can't stand her, she can't stand me, so we're doing fine. We can't stand each other. That was how we lived. But when the kindness and love of our God and Savior appeared, when the kindness And love of our God, of God, our Savior appeared. He saved us not because of righteous things we have done. Not because of what we have done, but because of his mercy. Because of his what? Mercy. Because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. Some of your circumstances today, some of those open doors that you have today, your healing, all of the opportunities that you have today is not because of anything you did on your own or personal washing and scrubbing you did, but it's only because of the grace and mercy of our Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah the message version says and this is like grandmama talking to you it wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid you know because not everybody can call you stupid grandma can get away with something like that but it wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn duped of sins ordered every which way by our glands going around with a chip on our shoulder hated and hating back but when god our kind and heavenly savior uh, god stepped in he saved us from all of that it was all his doing we had nothing to do with it he gave us a good bath and we came out like new people hallelujah <laughs> washed inside and out by the holy spirit our savior jesus christ poured out new life so generously God's gift has restored and our relationship, God's gift has restored our relationship with him and given us back our lives. And there's more life to come. Isn't it nice to know there's more life to come? An eternity of life, you can count on this. Wondering how much of your circumstance created by God? and how much created by you you have the opportunity to make the necessary adjustments for those circumstances created by you but i'm so grateful that god is a god who is awesome a god who sees your heart a god who's willing to cleanse you and wash you he's the same god who created the bountiful oceans on which the allure sails He's the same God that where man has been unable to duplicate the mountains that are all across our globe. He's the same God who created the principle by which rainbows can be seen. A God that you can't help but serve if you only are willing to plant the seed of your heart and life in the soil. He promises eternal life for you. Come on and stand to your feet. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, for nothing else matters. Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. Jesus, you, the center of it all. All. You're the center of it all. all. You're the center of it all. all, You're the center of it all, all. You're the, sen- You're the center of it all. The God who created the oceans. You're the center of it all the god who created the moon and the stars and the sun you're the center the god who created the earth to so perfectly rotate you're the center of it all surely our little circumstance is not too hard for you you're the center but what we have to do is lay our lives at your feet You're the center of it all. All. You're the center of it all. Hallelujah. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone take a moment and bow your heads. There may be some individuals in the house who say, I don't have the circumstances in my life that I expected to have. And I have been sowing apparently improper seeds, but on today, I wanna start with the foundation first, which is to take my heart and take my life and sow it and release it to Jesus. This is a simple process, just like God created the simple process of, of rainbows. He also created a simple process where all you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. It's not accurate. It's incomplete. In in inaccurate information to think that I need to get various things right in my life in order to get right with God remember man can be tricked but God can't man has been tricked thinking I need to come to church a lot and I'll be right with God I need to go be water baptized and I'll be right with God I need to stop doing all the various things that I have no business doing and I'll be right with God no 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 that's incomplete inaccurate information God created a principle Where he said, all you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And then believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That Jesus is not buried in a tomb someplace. Thou shalt be saved. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. And say, Lord Jesus, just forgive me. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. That's all you have to do. If there's anyone in the room today and you want to give your heart and life to Jesus, it's a simple prayer that we will pray with you from your seats. So all you have to do is just wave, and we will pray with you from your seat. All you have to do is wave. Now, there may be some who said, I made that decision some time ago, but I have turned away from that decision, and I've been taking my own life path. But on this day, I want to rededicate my heart and life to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm going to take my seed out of that improper soil and place it in the soil of the Holy Spirit so that I can have new life and I can experience brand new list of circumstances in my life. So if you want to pray the simple prayer of rededication, all you have to do is wave from your seat and we will pray with you. Just wave from your seat and we'll be honored to pray with you. Say, so you pray. Just wave. Thank you, Jesus. Simple prayer of rededication from your seat. You're wondering, why are my circumstances not right? Why are these doors not opening for me? Why am I having problem after problem? Why can't I beat this addiction? Why do I keep choosing the wrong love life? Why are these things happening? It's possible that it's the seed that you're sowing. But if you want to change that seed, all you have to do is wave, and we'll pray with you. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're the center of it all. all, all. You're the center of it all, all. Heavenly Father, we lift up this young lady who wants to experience a rededication. Let's all pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, your word says, If I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Today I confess, and today I believe, and today I receive. In Jesus' name, amen. The center of